Off the ball The last battle In the Ronaldo-Messi war mm. Was that World Cup And uh, Ronaldo lost it And then, then he ended up At like an Al Nasser Subscribe now To the OTB Football Podcast stream Wherever you get your podcasts And download the OTB Sports app OTB AM With Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave Or your money back Neon Night Edition Available now Good morning Vinny How are you? Morning All good We were just chatting there We're this is the last round of fixtures before the mid-season break? Yeah, mid-season break kicks in now, so um, Dublin Airport, if you want to meet a League of Ireland player, get a jersey signed, head to Dublin Airport Saturday morning and one, you'll spot them. One of them's flying into the villa in Love Island as well, you haven't heard any rumours? No, though? that seems to be, I don't know, I, I heard that um, I heard that rumour as well somewhere yesterday. So, What would yeah. you say if one of your players came round here and said, here, I'm, I'm way off here to the villa? Love Island Villa for a couple of weeks, few weeks. Can only presume that that's how you narrow it down. It has to be a part-time club. I can't see how. It just doesn't make any sense. Unless they've decided it's good for the brand and they're going to sell a lot of jerseys. Yeah, that sounds something like American can, owner might come up with, but you, you don't have American owner anymore. Jer- jersey and yeah. sell a million. <laughs> yeah, that, it does sound great, but no. Um, any advertisement is good, but uh, in terms of if he's a serious footballer, I'd be surprised. But we'll see. <laughs> okay, we will see. Uh, there's a couple of things I suppose we should talk about here uh, Rovers have opened up a gap and they get UCD in their last game UCD bottom of the table before the mid-season break so it looks like they're going to take well they definitely take some gap into the mid-season break because they're four points clear and there's only one game left but um, it's going to be a long a long week and ten days for people to stew over the fact that yeah, they've got to I think, I think what's interesting about me coming on here is um the feedback you get, you know, uh, it's great. And uh, are you being ironic there? Yeah, no, I mean in a good way. At least we're talking, and I don't, I don't get everything right. But I probably questioned last week, Shamrock Rovers being clinical enough in games, and 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 I stand over the argument in the sense of, and some of the, the counter arguments, we score more goals than anyone else, so that's nonsense. But they have the best squad, they've the most possession in games, and. When I made that comment, they played halfway through the season. They played eighteen games and only won nine. So, mm. by and large, that shouldn't be good enough to win your league, but it most likely will. But what they were the weekend was clinical. I was at the Dundalk game and I watched their their game against Sligo, and they were particularly against Dundalk. They weren't exceptional by any stretch of imagination, but they were very clinical in how they took their goals and put Dundalk to bed. And against Sligo on a, on a Monday night to go up there and win three 0 exceptional result. And everything sort of fell into sort of into their way over the weekend. And they've had a great weekend. And um, I've I, I've said here that I still fancy them by ten points. And if you're making a handicap you'd say Rovers minus 10 and you may have sort of weakened that a little bit and maybe minus 7 but still say 10 points and I think they're that far ahead of everybody and while well, I hope we get a title race it seems inevitable that this is a big shift in the momentum and can't stress enough going into the window when you go into that window with a lead it's great because it gives you a chance to recess uh, where you are and, and build from there. Momentum is the, is the thing. I know Gerald love this argument, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, is the break coming at a bad time for Rovers? Is, is like would they prefer to just keep rolling along this the, the, the tracks the way they're going at the moment? No, I think I think the break is good. It's good for you to. Is, is, what's key about the break is um, I remember once. So you, you you basically get one weekend off, but what was crucial? I, I remember once at Dundalk where we allowed our players off till a Wednesday of next week 
Um, we went on a training camp Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we flew home Sunday, late Sunday night from a training camp in Spain. So, uh, and I met a League of Ireland manager on the same flight coming out of Spain, stroke Portugal, and uh, but. Three months later, he says, she can't compete with Dundalk. They have all the resources at the time. But even if we hadn't had the money to go to Spain, we'd have been back on the Wednesday, training hard, Thursday, Friday. It's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity to reassess. It's, it shouldn't be used as a holiday. So, Mini pre-season? Well, no, not necessarily. Like them, them days are gone now because no matter what sport you talk about on here, you'll hear people, players' fitness levels, you don't put on a stone in the off-season anymore or half a stone. Them days are gone. Uh, so it, it's about maintaining people's fitness and it's why I struggle when I hear the lads talking about say gee yeah, you can't peak every week I'm like alright yeah don't show your hand every week you hear loud didn't or Derry didn't show the hand in the final like alright against Dublin why not like you know imagine Man City oh we can't play well every week we have to wait for a Champions League final but I can't I can't fathom that, but there you go. But um, most most modern day athletes now don't need a mini preseason, and it's an opportunity to be to get into some tactical stuff for managers, particularly the ones that are heading into European football. Uh, they have to spend a little bit longer on the training grounds um, and, and the, work on things. Did the uh, trip away help that team significantly? Do you think? Oh yeah, they were huge. I mean, uh, particularly. Uh, the injury prevention side of things and, and recoveries and people coming back from injuries and so you remember um, they're, they're an expensive way of doing things but you'd have your physio with you for 24-7 so you might have a morning session with physiotherapist and an evening session um, if you were near I know where we went we were near the sea so the physio would take the lads down as a tour session and do a sea session and, and the, so all of them things and it's just it's just the professionalism and no matter what players would tell you they love it they love everything done for them all their meals covered in terms of times different things and, and players will love it and, and uh, no matter what you say it gives your sort of ego might be the wrong word but gives you a boost as, a, oh, as yeah. an athlete to be able to go and, and, and act the best and be the best yeah it's your, uh, uh, it finally justifies all those hours that you did you feel like you're yeah you're getting a bit of reward and you've got to remember it's like I, I made this argument to someone who was providing us with GPS stats but when I first took over Dundalk I went to meet them and said I'm competing against in Champions League against Celtic against so I can't fall down on little things I need you to help me here so Shamrock Rovers players are competing in Champions League football so I don't know whether they do a mini tour this year but any little extra you can give players or any little advantage you can take you have to take it that's the level you're competing at uh, there's a few things we need to talk about. Uh, Cork's upswing in form since they've changed manager. Pat's upswing in form. But Derry's form over the last three games, beaten at Sligo uh, 1-0, drew nil all with Shells at home, and then hammered by Pat's 4-1. Like, uh, that is not title race form. No, and, and I, I, was on, uh, I was on Virgin on Monday night when we'd done the Derry and Pat's game. And it was my first. I think it was one of my first times live, and I was conscious of saying a, a sentence I've used here in case I made a mistake with it. But teams are consistently inconsistent in their league, right? And it's a bit of a mouthful uh, when you're live on TV in case you get it wrong. Uh, the world we live in. But Derry, that sums up 
Derry it sums up so many of the teams that you can go and, and look like title contenders and it's sort of gone badly for them the result against Pats is one thing you can handle losing you'll always have you'll always have a bad even even winning the, the league Rovers will have a bad night somewhere along the lines you go back to years ago remember uh, you'd remember this Newcastle beat United 5-0 mm. still went on to win the league yeah. it was always them and as a manager I've heard Pep speak about it and uh, stay calm that's how you win leagues right but with the result is one thing but actually the performance from Derry the other night was so poor and the loss again of McElhenney and Duffy out of the team and they look short of title contenders I have to say um, and the last week has been really inconsistent for them and you just can't win a league that way and uh, it was a really poor night for them um, Pats have lost seven games this season and are now level on points with Derry so that tells its own story for me Did Derry just need to go through this for a while like and um, let their manager experience what this is like what that pressure was like and, and how that whole because if you, you know uh, it, there was a period where Rovers fans wanted rid of yeah. their current Rovers manager who was about to take his team to four in a row like football is really fickle but the teams who stick it out who work with their manager and their coaching team to develop them and go okay you're not at the level you need to be at at the moment and we need to be honest about that yeah. you need to do better but we're going to back you over the next while is that what they need to do? Yeah I think I think two things one is first of all Rory Higgins knows how to win league titles he's been involved in staff um, he's helping himself won a league title he's, he's also been part of Stephen Kenny's staff and won a league title as a, as a player so he knows how it's done um, it what Derry have to do what, what they have to do to catch Rovers and they seem to have to finance in time is it's going to take time Rovers have stolen the march and he is 300% the right man for that job I feel um, and that's not personal to Rory obviously he, he, we, we, we had a great time together um, when, when you know Higgins and his love for football and love for Derry and he's from the area all of them things he has rebuilt the squad now that are disappointed only to be second where for so long they were mid-table team. It will take them time. You're right to use the Stephen Bradley reference. There's, there's plenty of them uh, throughout the years. So it's just it's just got to build a squad capable. Like they finished the, the, the game the other day with um, three young boys in midfield who will all be good players in their own right. And when the time comes, like uh, someone like Jordan McIniff scored six goals for them, but he's not ready to to go and be part of a midfield that can win a league unless they're firing with everybody and, when, and they're just not there yet so their time will come they're well on the road um, to be fair to Rory I don't think he's overhyped winning the league it's it's being people from the outside because we're looking for a title race we are. and we're building them up and before they're ready probably to win it and the investment is so spectacular or at least you know there's been talk of the investment being potentially yeah, spectacular yeah and I think they've they've done it uh, I uh, geez, Philip, Philip Doherty would not like me saying this because I don't think the two of them in any way shape or form are quite a, they've done it the Newcastle way as in it's been sensible what they've done in there they haven't just thrown money around uh, and, and Philip Doherty doesn't have the money of the Saudis or the character let me be very clear on that yeah fair enough um, what's going on at Pats how have they suddenly become uh, all singing all dancing um, again I think 
you must mention Tim Clancy's put that's his squad I always I always feel sorry for the manager in that situation His that's his squad and there's been some subtle changes not that many um, John Daly's gone in and, and there's just been a bit of freedom about them I think Jamie Lennon has been a huge part of that in midfield for them again uh, I touched on it more about Rovers but we've got to we've got to be careful now in the league where we're, we're, we're sort of um, a lot of passing and pa- for pass sake and Jamie Lennon is although he, he's a he can certainly pass the ball to a high level uh, his biggest strength is, is getting after the ball and that's sort of number six and he's been huge for them obviously Chris Forrester is top joint top scorer for them and they've sort of hit form in that centre midfield for them recently they, what's been strange about their run at the moment they've been decimated with injuries uh, particularly across the back like Joe Redman their captain is out long term and they've lost three or four centre halves at different stages so what they've managed to do is remarkable and it just shows you um, it shows you momentum in mm. football as you or whatever the right word is but it's but but all of these teams outside the Rovers wouldn't shock me if they lost three games in a row coming up as well so um, it's it's brilliant for them I hope they think they're in a title race are they good enough to win the league? Possibly not, but I hope they, they have that mindset in the dressing room. At least tactically, John Daly has shifted a few things and brought a few new initiatives. Like you have the team opening for the, even Ben McCormick starting at left, but he tucks tucks in yeah. quite often in the match as well. So like there's little things that John Daly is doing that you're like, well, that's that's something that's different. I will say John Daly tactically has been very impressive um, throughout his, his reign. His substitutions at the right time, uh, the way he's matched up, you're right, Ben Doherty or Ben McCormick has done really well he's sort of he's a midfielder playing off the left and he comes in narrow and gives them that sort of balance in there and even the other night that allowed Conor Carty who's a centre forward effectively play higher on the right wing so tactically he's made some uh, uh, good things and, and it's just a good feel good factor around St Pat's I mean the crowd the other night exceptional again uh, great crowds and, and and things are rolling on nicely for them and uh, John Daly deserves huge credit for that I ha- have to say but um, as I said some key players are, are really standing up for them and things just go your way um, and, and he seems to be at that club uh, young Morphy in midfield for them again rising player he's going to be a top top player for them so Sam Curtis a right back huge interest from from English football I've heard Manchester United now being linked to him is, and that's gone back to your point a couple of weeks ago it, he would have been in the UK now if he only for the Brexit rules doesn't allow him so he's now getting men's football week in week out and he, hit, he at 17 he's playing first team football at 16 he was playing but he hit it I felt he hit a ceiling or a window where I was like oh he's probably been he's probably reached his limit here he went through a bad spell, but for the last sort of seven, eight, nine weeks, he's come through that spell, and he looks hell of a player, and he's on the radar of a lot of Premiership clubs. Yeah, and it's going to be very interesting to see if if anybody can make that leap from a really talented youngster to the Premier League relatively quickly. It massively inflates the transfer value because the Premier League is a is clearly copycat, and if if one or two players make it, then all of a sudden transfer fees climb to a point which is transformed. Well, I don't think you're getting Sam Curtis out of St. Pat's now for less than a quarter of a million, minimum, 
minimum and it will continue to grow as long as his performance continues to grow and he continues to play that yeah. figure so you know the days of 40 and 50,000 are hopefully there still will be some of them but he's starting to drift away with a bit of luck um, the FAI plans and the their request for investment was published during the week yeah. Um, any well, it wasn't published. To be fair to them, right? So, and journalists have to do what journalists <coughs> do. But it, it was leaked, and what I what I didn't like about the leak was that, and, and journalists entitled to they stand over them whether they leak stuff and why. But I hope because it's leaked, and then when they do announce, it hasn't lost some of the weight of their argument. If that makes sense, because it's already out there. You only get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah, so that's the, that's the only thing. And to make another small point on the FBI, like sometimes even an idea would come in here and say the FBI have got to do this, or people say they've got to do that. There is a lot of work going on in the background, and they are building strategic plans. Um, I think that announcement is due this Thursday, right? So, or that was their plan, and it's leaked before that. I just hope it's 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 listened to and it's given a, a fair hearing as a result of now FEI making statements will always make the news. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think so. I think um, in politics sometimes the kite gets flown and then the actual ask and you see what it, uh, what the response is like. And maybe this was our purpose. To, it was a strategic move to okay, let's get that story out and. Uh, let's see what the response is like. If there's a massive outcry to the FAI asking for money from the public, then maybe we'll push that back a month or two. But there hasn't been a massive outcry. No, and and again, I, I've only seen bits of it. Um, the, the the journalist who released it is behind the paywall. I'm, I, I go behind enough paywalls, I'm not behind that one. So I've only seen bits of it. But it seems to be all of the right soundings. It seems to be huge amount of money they're looking for. Fine, but for example, 140 million plus for academies. You know that that is needed. Uh, League of Ireland teams getting to closer to twenty thousand seater stadiums. Not sure whether that's. But hey, it, um, what I do hope is they've had an independent company prepare this order for them. And I do hope though that the standards are high. They stick to them. It seems to be like a, a fifteen-year plan, but broken into three, five-year cycles. Yeah, and I hope they go after it and 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 actually put people under a little bit of pressure um, because. You know, it's. I know FEI bashing is the easiest thing to do, but I think they've turned a bit of a corner. And um, I would say it feels that way. To yeah. be honest, that there's a credibility when they go to Leinster House and start lobbying for this. That um, you know their recent track record is negotiating their way out of trouble. They haven't been able to do all of the things that they want to do because the senior team hasn't qualified for a tournament and they don't have a sponsor at the moment. That would help, but like you can't also assume that we're going to qualify for tournaments because, you know, traditionally we don't. Um, once every six or eight years we might make a Euros. Mm. Uh, but that's that's not guaranteed either. So um, it feels like they've got most of the building blocks in place to run the organisation properly, having come through yeah. the storm. The, you must give credit to the, to the CEO, oh, Jonathan Hill. I mean, is he... Is he out in front of media? Is he, you know, falling out of nightclubs? No. But, hey, we probably had a little bit of that. Now it's time to have someone a little bit quieter, but certainly doing a lot of work and pushing a lot of people to to set new standards and, and new goals within the FEI. And I think I think people close to the game will tell you there's a lot of stuff, stuff sort of, not that it's happening, but a lot of work on in that, and we should see the fruits of it soon. 
Do you feel that? Yeah, no, genuinely do. I think um, there's a lot of stuff at the change, and we'll always have problems in politics and sport. There's always a huge thing, and that's never going to go away. But you certainly feel like um, they, you know, they're they're going in the right direction, and it's certainly. Um, if, if you're entitled to a euro, you'll get the euro. If you're not entitled to it, um, it's very hard to go in and say, I'm sure, if we sell 20 tickets, can we have that euro? So yeah. it seems a little bit more straight and um, there's rules in place. It, it seems ended. that way. Yeah. yeah, It would be remiss of us not to mention the madness in uh, Turner's Cross for the, the finale of that Cork-Bowes game. Just insanity, because Bowes equalised, the flares are going off, Bowes fans going mad, and in the middle of all that, Daniel Kresic comes up and <laughs> scores the, the winner for Cork. Still, Cork aren't in, the, in terms of the standings where they want to be, but that was a dramatic one, and well yeah. earned as well. No, that was a huge moment in, uh, for them, and, and for so many other teams as well, because um, they haven't Liam Buckley has gone in to, as director of football and they haven't overly changed the squad or anything yet because the windows haven't opened but there just seems to be a bit of a feel good factor around the club at the moment and um, Bowles would be dit- bitterly disappointed Adam McDonald equalised 88 minutes and then boom 89 minutes and um, but that's huge and the ramifications for that are they were cut adrift a couple of weeks ago but I think they've won five of the last six games and what they've done is now they've put teams like Sligo under pressure mm. because um, when you finish second bottom in the league you go into a playoff and traditionally you're playing against a first division team that playing first division football part time etc the difference now is most likely at the moment it's Waterford who are a full time football club and you've got away running away with the fourth division. So if it happens to be Waterford, Top it's match. a 50-50 game. Yeah. It was normally way it's 80%, 20% nearly for the Premier Division side. So you've got a lot of big clubs watching over the shoulder now from obviously Drogheda, but um, Sligo, Shelbourne, all the way up as far as Dundalk, I would say, would have one eye over the shoulder saying, got to stay away from, from that second, from bottom position and into the, the relegation playoff against what looks like a really strong Waterford side it's the battle of, battle of the midfield as they call it in Formula 1 those teams that are that are looking over their shoulder but also ahead of them uh, Duffer will be pretty pleased with how things are going yeah again that was a brilliant result from the other night because again I know Duffer will, will will not admit it because you know he just won't but they've got to have one eye on Cork as a club like just continuously uh, building on where they are as a club and mid-table for Shelbourne and slowly building towards the top is, is the right plan, plan but they were losing to draw the other night and they showed real strength and depth to come back and win the game and there's a, there's a great feel good factor around that club are they easy on the eye? No are they hard to watch at times? Yeah I've been to Shelbourne a lot um, but um, he's getting every single inch out of that group of players and listen you have to say that about Duffer like he's he's doing the hard yards and he is managing to get every single last bit of blood out of that stone and it's, it, it's tremendous to watch Will that impact Duffer now I'm talking medium to long term here but if he ever wanted to get the senior international manager's job like the, the style of play come into it will that impact his or harm his chances if he's playing uh, per football to watch I, th- I think if you're a legend and like Duffer is I think you, you'll, you would get a pass on that I don't think what he's doing at Shelbourne will be enough to get him the international job I think he would have to go to the next level whether that was you know with a League of Ireland club and have real success in European football mm. but what he's doing at Shelbourne is probably not good enough at the moment but he know that himself but 
I think he, b- being successful in Europe would give him a chance of it, but he'd have to have that, I would feel, to, to be credible. Mm. All right, we leave there for this week. Vinny, good stuff. Thanks a million for that. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.